Watch who? And welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. And here we are in the uh, council chamber on Traken. Is that where we uh, are? Council Sarah, or Consul Sarah, even. Yeah, we're just having a, a, a session in here. <laughs> a council, not a council session, uh, a, a consul session in here, aren't we? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know which one it is, love? Are you okay? <laughs> console, console. <laughs> it's console. It's console. They're, they're consoles, aren't they? Shall we um, summon up our, our guest for today? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've got the source manipulator here. Here we go. Hello, it's Nick from Ant and Nick Press Play. Hello, hi. Um, hi, Nick. I don't know what's happened. I've just uh, I've been drawn to your podcast, and uh, I can't I can't seem to move. Oh. <laughs> Are you sitting in the keeper's chair right now? Is that no. what we've done? That's so classic, Mark. That's so Mark. <laughs> I ruined your I ruined your intro. Already. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm pure evil. So there we go. Oh, well, welcome to. To watch you and to Traken. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, this is uh, weird. I'm a little bit star, <laughs> a little bit starstruck to be honest. <laughs> I've uh, been listening for uh, quite a long time, so to it's great to actually be here to hear it and see it all. Happening. You'll now know yeah. all the edits that Mark does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, we we had a chat a little while back. I was on your podcast because you talk about TV shows that might not be as well known, i.e. Crime Traveller. One specific. <laughs> crime Traveller, yes. And do you know what? I don't think, Sarah, I don't think I've explained Crime Traveller to you before. And I feel like I probably should have at some point. Well, I feel like you have, but I go on, do it again. I think I have mentioned it for you, but well, well, Nick, do you want to tell us what, what that show is about and what you've been talking about? I didn't really know about it until I started the podcast with Ant. I remembered it being around in the 90s, but I never really watched it. But it was basically a crime drama with the element of time travel in it. Right. Yeah, not quite crime drama, not quite sci-fi, but a bit of a... It reminds me a little bit, it sounds like Bernard's Watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I see what you... Yeah, yeah, it's quite (laughs) similar vein to that. So yeah, there was a, there's a police detective, Jeff Slade, and his friend is a scientist and she has a time machine. Of course. Um, and she lets him in on the secret and he uses it to uh, travel back and see how, how crimes were perpetrated. Right. But they can't, they can't change anything. They can't go and change time. They've just got to observe it and actually, you know, do their best to, to not alter I the timeline, yeah. Because I was going to say you could just like go to like thirty seconds before, see mm-hmm. it, maybe even stop it. So, no, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of very strict rules in place for that. Was time this cover. for grown-ups or for kids? Yeah, no, it was. It was Saturday night. Um, oh, nineties. It was like, it on uh, Channel Five. Evening. No, it was BBC <laughs> Prime Time. I've told you. I'm sure I've mentioned this before. It's it is a brilliant show. 
it is brilliant and that's how i found your podcast because i was like i love crime traveler i'm gonna try and find if there's a podcast about it at some point mark loves like anything completely random no you would like crime travel if you like pro i think it does sound something that i quite like because i love a good crime mm. thing but generally mark will find the most obscure thing and he will just start watching it and that's very mark so yeah. him being in of course mark would like some <laughs> show called crime traveler and yes it takes every mark box well i spoke to mark initially because he watched it at the time mm. i came to it late <laughs> He yeah, actually yeah. was a fan at the time, which was brilliant. So I thought it'd be good to get his. When was it in the 90s? 1997. Yeah, I was seven. Yeah. But then I remember watching Inspector Morse. So, like, I just don't remember mm. it. How many seasons are there? Just the one. Just the one. Yeah, it kind of came and went. It's not looked back on as fondly as some other as Mark cult TV. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to talk about the Keeper of Traken. Oh, well, actually, Nick, so you are obviously a bit of a Doctor Who fan as well. I would class myself as a Doctor Who fan, yeah. I'd never actually sat down and watched this before. This Uh, one? This particular story. So I'm watching this for the very first time as well. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, it's it's strange. Like like I say, I've classed myself as a fan, and I know a lot about it, and... There's there's a lot of sort of lot of info you can gather as a Doctor Who fan, mm. um, but the actual, yeah, the actual show itself there's there's a lot of gaps in in what I've actually seen. Yeah. But when you grow up, you, you're like you know, like it was never a surprise. This particular episode was never a surprise because it was just one of the facts that you learn when you're looking at the lists of when you know certain characters come back and that sort of thing. So. I always knew what this was about, this episode, uh, this story, sorry. But um, but yeah, I'd never I'd never looked at it, so I thought that might be quite an interesting little take on it oh, to be sort it. of me- mediating between you two. <laughs> well, Keeper of Traken, this is one of my favourites out of the... I just really, really like this one, and I had this one on video way back. We left Romana in Space last week. All, all that and all the Lullaby drama is now in the past. <laughs> so we've got the Doctor and Adric. <laughs> Are you going to read more of Adric's book? No, well, like, there isn't anything particularly interesting behind the scenes with this one. He, everyone enjoyed themselves on this one. I don't know if that's because Lullaby's gone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Interesting that you say that because it felt the whole way through there was a really nice rapport between the Doctor and Adric. You I'll really put like that it. in my notes, yeah. Like a rapport that we used to have. That sort of, which I've, I think I've missed, that sort of like mentor, mentee, you know, someone, le- that sort of thing. Like mm. the rapport felt really nice and the doctor seemed very comfortable. Like whereas, like I've said before, like previously, it, it could be quite frosty. <laughs> That didn't come across at all in this. It felt very natural and very friendly and positive. It just felt like a really positive team. So this is in space. Yes, the old home universe. It's many times larger than anything you're used to. All those stars. Yes. Do you know them all? Well, just the interesting ones. I put that it's a really 
interesting opening for the story because you've got the Doctor and Adric and then obviously the, the Keeper turns up in his chair, which is a bit unexpected. But then the way that we're brought into the story is basically the Keeper narrating <laughs> with, the, with the TARDIS screen and you go back and see. It's really unique way of, of opening up the story and introducing us to, to Traken and everything. I wonder if it's because, you know, nowadays you might have a flashback, not flashback, you might start with like an earlier period in Traken, you might be setting it up, it might cut between different time periods and all this sort of thing. Whereas this is very linear, so it starts in the TARDIS and then he, that sort of thing seemed a bit of a contrivance to me, having to say, oh, and here's what you've missed. And I'm trying to think whether they would have done that back in that era, the early eighties or any other era of, you know, whether they would have started like, a, I don't know, a, like a cold open or 20 years later kind of thing like they would do nowadays. Well, I think I, I like that. I'd rather have something like this than they land. They, I don't know. They, well, they, they do get. Sort well, that's of... very unlike you, Mark. You love an what? explore. <laughs> well, no, I know. Well, they land, they explore, they might get captured or anything, and I know they get captured later on. But I like how you see the keeper, and then you know he's quite powerful because he can appear in his chair in the TARDIS. Yeah, uh, Doctor doesn't seem particularly bothered, does he? If, <laughs> if I was Adric, right, and you're just suddenly there, and then this creepy old man in the chair is just there as well. <laughs> And you think you've flown? I'd be like, yeah, he's so like <laughs> an egghead. <laughs> like, who the fuck is that? And what the fuck is that? What's going on? Well, what behaviour? Keep- what is that? What is going on here? The keeper, Sarah, has been in Doctor Who before. He was Professor Cronotis in the Cambridge one. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was oh. going to say Lala Wood <laughs> with a beard. <laughs> Oh, we love Professor Cronotis. Professor Cronotis, yeah. yeah. I think it's a really good look. It's it's very unique. You mean by good look, a man in a chair dying? He definitely fits that idea. <laughs> like... Well, it, it's a nice chair as well. I'd like that chair. Of course you would. But then I suppose maybe with this intro as well, because you see the Melka arrive and he's supposed to have been there for years and years and years. So that's a way of, with that flashback, that you see this statue, which is an amazing statue. I think it, the look of the Melka as well is brilliant. And when I went to the Doctor Who exhibition, the when it first the experience when it was first in London, you go in, it was all like Matt Smith stuff and everything, all the new modern stuff. And I was so surprised. I I just remember walking through and seeing that statue there and being like, oh my god, it still exists. I don't know who's got that now, but I hope they're looking after it. <laughs> it's very basic. No, I don't know. It's just I thought there's something about it. Something about the look. Actually, the look of this whole story with the. I mean, if you love indoor plants, Sarah. <laughs> I do love indoor plants. <laughs> it, I don't. It just. It's all like studio, but it just looks really good. The, the design of all of those things. I think it just all looks really good. This this introduction, and you feel like it's a whole world. Okay, I'm gonna just like dive right into my first confused issue with this. Okay. So I understand that anything that lands that is evil can't move because they're so good. So it lands, it can't move. And then eventually it will wither away and die. But because they're all nice people, they look after it, even though it's evil, right? That's sort of what we're told. Well, if she, over that period of time, has obviously been communicating with this evil thing, why doesn't anything happen to her? Why can't, like, and also, 
How does it move later other than that it's a TARDIS sort of thing? I don't know. I got a bit confused by the idea that how was it getting around that loophole? I had the same thought, actually, and I've been trying to do a bit of research to see if anyone has any answers to that. Yeah. It was Um, like when it started moving, I was like, as in actually like moving more i was like but it that's a loophole and how is she that's what I, it was more her because she's managed to get very high up but surely if she starts having these like bad thoughts and things surely she'd be affected somehow i just don't well i thought she's been bringing flowers like i don't know every day for like how however many years i thought that when she she marries tremus Another couple, couple of the season, Cassio and Tremus, although not, they're very not really great. much of a couple. <laughs> <laughs> they literally very, have like one scene together and that's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's that's the first time that there's any indication that there's movement or sound or anything coming from this statue. So when she goes back to She's it, not... she says to ask for its orders. No, but then, no, it's that we do see it the very first time that it speaks. And I don't think there's been anything until then. But what I don't get is because she. Why is she so devoted to this? I don't know. I, I, I feel for me, I, there has to have been something for her to be so devoted to it as she was. Because she didn't hear it speaking and go, oh, I'll just do what you're saying now. My theory is, I think, that obviously it's their duty to tend to these things that are in the grove. Uh, and she's been using it as somebody to express f- her feelings to. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And her secrets and stuff and being confided in it. So she's sort of got a bit connected to it anyway. But also, isn't the fact that the keeper is dying, is that not causing a bit of instability in this sort of system where evil, where evil can that. sort of slightly come through a little bit? Is that not? Uh, well, I think that's why the keeper goes to the doctor. He's like, this evil thing's been here for a long time and it's getting more powerful. The keeper's the one that says... I could like he even says like these are the people that are cause going to cause I can see that trouble will come and these he shows them doesn't he? he shows her and he shows these are the people that are going to cause our terrible future right why does he then just go oh no like then he comes in and he's like changing it I'm so confused about what the source's power actually is <laughs> it's too much right okay let's th- hang on I think this season has been a lot of we don't have a lot of episode time to go into this, so we've just got to accept it. And I feel this is another one where I've just, I've just got to learn to accept that that's what she's done. Well, my question about the Melka and all of that kind of thing was, okay, it's the Master's TARDIS, so he's just sat there for all these years. That was that was the only thing for me. I, didn't, I wasn't worried about the Cassia thing. I, that makes sense to me. But do you um, think it's because, because he's so frail, he's been building strength as well? Maybe it's sort of like crash landed or something and then he's been trying to gather power and as he's getting more powerful, the keeper's like, oh, okay, he's going to start moving around soon and taking over people. I better ask the doctor to come and have a look at this. That's what I think's going on. But, yeah, it's... I'm really jumping ahead now. But like the third episode, where... okay. <laughs> this is a record which has totally gone up. We're just gonna just answer all these well, big you questions. Go back to your notes in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> episode. Um, so when we see the master, am I supposed to have known that was the master? 
Yeah, you saw him in the Deadly Deadly Assassin. Remember when he was when we last saw him, he was all like exactly like looked like that. Remember, you know the one with um where the president got shot, the oh, the train track one where his foot got stuck in the train track. I did not initially know that was the master. It wasn't that obvious to me that reveal. It's a different makeup um, and a different actor, which doesn't help. But um, also, in terms of the the viewing public, how long is it now? It's about seven years since they saw that version of the master. Why didn't they say something that said "I'm old" and "nemesis" and the doc, or something that said "master"? Well, if there is something that says master, it is in the name of Tremus, which is an anagram of master. No way. So the character of Tremus, that was a little clue for fans who were looking at it, because obviously he gets to, he takes over, doesn't he, at the end. So there you go. So, But then that doesn't actually make sense that this guy just happened to have an anagram name of master <laughs> that he gets taken over by the master at the end. At the very end. It takes him, again, four episodes. But no, I think the master. I think he looks much better than he did in the Deadly Assassin. The 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 look, like the makeup and everything, is so good. Oh yeah, and especially like later when he becomes the new master, I guess, or when he takes over that body. I thought that he was going to look like Tremus, and as in, what am I trying to say? Yeah, he does. No, his hair looks different. Well, I mean, he's like a younger. Yeah, he looks completely different to, like, the guy that we've just seen. Um, He kind of looks like the old master. So then I was like, I fully buy into this now. But I thought he was just going to take over a new body and that actor was going to be playing the master now. Yeah, but he is, but younger. Tremus is not the same guy, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's him. No, they look so different. (laughs) It's him, yeah. No, I do, that's, okay. Like I, because I, so who was the old? So hang on, sorry, right. Hang on, so Tremus, right, the one that was married to Cassia, yeah, <laughs> did not look like the same person. It looked and like then, regeneration that they used to do where they'd like put two screens. Oh, hang on a second. Okay, so we've got. Hang on, I'm talking, talking about, about the actors here. <laughs> I'm talking about the actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Okay, so there's three people here we're talking about. Let's just get this clear, right? So we've got we've got Tremus, who the one that was married to Cassia. <laughs> and then we've got Crispy Guy inside the Melka, right? And then we've got the, the new master at the end as well. So Tremus and New Master are the same guy. Crispy is different. Well, that's blow my mind. Because <laughs> that looks so different. A new body at last. Okay, well, Talking about Tremus, what do you think of the character of Tremus? Because I think he, I mean, obviously he turns into the master, but if you forget about that, <laughs> like he's quite, he's works with the Doctor and Atric quite a lot through this. He's the one that's helping out and... He's all right. I preferred the daughter. Nissa, yeah. Well, then Adric's got a friend in this as well. So this is quite good. They're the quite good characters in this. Um, he's good for a narration. Like he's with them and he's sort of like, narrates along what yeah. do you think Nick <laughs> I see what you mean yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to look at him knowing obviously knowing the end of the story it's hard to look back and see him as a different character do you find that a bit Mark yes now now I know that he, yeah you know he's the master yeah yeah but he's he's acted really well as he when he plays Tremus I think it's really good yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, you didn't he, see it coming. Yeah, he, fooled, he fooled Sarah. Yeah, I genuinely <laughs> did not. See, I, I wondered how he might come back. I was expecting what I was expecting was that green thingy to just come out, uh, or they to like, show his face, go back, and then somehow disappear in a classic. That the master always seems to escape. Whatever, like you think he's dead, and then like a hand would appear. You know, like I was expecting something like that. I wasn't expecting him to take over a body. No, well, it's uh, that's something we've not seen in the series, isn't it? Is, is it so far that uh, the idea of being able to possess somebody else's body? I don't think that's been mentioned, has it? No, no. And um, is it because he's got the source? Like, how could he do that? Well, I, I don't think it's, that's really explained either. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God, there's so many questions in this one. Just um, accept it, okay? I've got a little theory about that as well, just a bit of headcanon. Okay. I'll try not to spoil anything, but I've always thought that being at the end of his life, there was a little bit of it's kind of regeneration energy sort of that he was preserving inside, inside himself and that um, over time that has built up and then... Meta crisis kind of idea, Mark. Yeah, yeah. And that that energy then to bond with another body, another body. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That then the Tremus sort of goes a bit younger then and is sort of regenerated a little bit. I think that makes sense. Yeah, but there's there's not much explanation of why he's in his TARDIS. There, I mean, he wants so he wants the sort. He's there to get the power of the. The source of the from the keeper of Triken. I like the idea of this keeper, and it reminded me of. It always reminds me whenever I see it. You know, when you go into like B and Q, and they've got like the shower set up. You know, the or the little sort of bathroom set. It's like a shower that's been set up, like an Art Deco shower. You know, I used the, to go in the yeah. you the setup for the kitchens and stuff. It's like that, isn't it? It's like one of those. It's an indoor B and Q setup that they've got in there. I like the idea of the keeper and stuff. I don't really understand the power of the source. Is it what makes them good? Is it what makes them... I don't understand, like, what it its function is to them. Well, he's like the overseer, isn't it? Like, he's the... Nom, there's this nominated person that sits in this chair that's connected to the power. Making sure goodness is preserved and that kind of thing. Maybe, yeah, so is the that balance. the power of the source? Yeah. Where because then they kept panicking when it was going to die, and I was kept thinking, well, what will happen when it dies? Like, will they just... Well, well, no, when it dies, you get a, a really bad thunderstorm and everybody sort of pretends to be... <laughs> does really bad storm acting is what happens. <laughs> it's um, when there's no keeper. So the source almost needs a vessel to be in. So the keeper died and he didn't exist, and then the storm only seemed to exist when... There was nothing there to hold it, I guess. I just don't understand what the point... Why they made it all those years ago, and then what is its function? Because normally I understand at least why they want to hold on to something. (laughs) (laughs) But equally, I thought it was really cool. I just didn't understand Mm, it. No, I can't explain it. It's a nice grove, though, with the plants. That's all. I, that's all I'm going to say about that. I like. I like the idea of this, like this society where everyone's like, there's no fear. Everything's really nice, and they're known as that. That's quite cool. But that's perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect place for the the master to 
to go to to, di- to disrupt. Absolutely. Um, the one theory I saw was that the master never was, you know, an immobile statue really, and that the TARDIS took that his TARDIS took that form to to sort of slowly gain trust of Cassia and and that he's fine and that's why he's walking along because he's not actually really affected because he's inside the TARDIS. Because I was going to say, we know TARDIS is a massive. I mean, yeah. the Doctor's has like a second control room. Mm-hmm. They've all got a bedroom. They've got the wardrobe room. Like you could quite happily, I'm sure, live in your TARDIS for a long time. You know, we've done COVID. We've all lived in yeah. Like, yeah, it's like that, it's isn't it? It's bigger yeah. than COVID, you know? It's bigger than our homes. So, like, I reckon he could live in there and just, like, especially if he's quite slow and old and moving and stuff. I reckon something that big, he could probably get along fine, just plot away his little life. And then he's slowly manipulating Cassia. How? Like we said. he doesn't communicate. That's what I well, don't get. Well, no, he gives her a big chunky necklace, which takes, which hypnotizes her. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and be suspicious. The, the and cardboard like, dog collar. Yeah. And nobody notices. No one notices that she's suddenly wearing this. Be suspicious of like large mm. um, jewelry. Items of jewelry. <laughs> like it reminded me of, like those big sunglasses in Invisible Enemy. Suspicious large accessories. There's always something with that. But yeah, nobody notices that she's got this massive collar on. No. And it's massive and shit. And then she starts acting really like quite dramatic and quite uh over the top, doesn't she? From that moment on, taking over over. Loved because it was shit. This can go I think her collar is definitely gonna be a worst moment nomination. <laughs> Okay, but I loved when she closed her eyes and her <laughs> eye makeup was eyes. <laughs> like, I don't oh, understand yeah. why. And then no. they put a computer effect on top of that. I'm like, why did they just leave her eyes be her eyes? She's not supposed to be closing her eyes. It's because those pupils have like a reflective material that's picked up by the in the same way the collar does to glow. Yeah, and oh, so they obviously so can't they... put that on. I realised. However, I just I don't know what they were thinking with that. Really, it's it's a little bit... done things before. You can see, you can pretty much see her realise underneath. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so them flicker. <laughs> I was like, is that makeup? Is that like? Is that someone's yeah. had to like draw eyes on her eyelids? Is that just literally stickers? It <laughs> does look. It does look three D. It looks a bit like um, you know the Vok robots when they when they're evil. They've got those sort of. Mm. It looked like Diamond googly eyes. eyes. <laughs> it does a bit. Googly eyes that don't look level. No. It was so bad. And it made me laugh. It gave me a, a moment of relief. of like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, she's having a bad time. You shouldn't laugh because there is that drama there. <laughs> yeah, where she's having a bad time, Sarah. She is. When she, you, there's slight hints, I feel, of real Cassia's coming through, being like, no, I'm being taken over. Maybe, Maybe twice, once or twice. Um, where it's not evil Cassia, it's it's the real one trying to come through. But she, for, pretty much, she is just taken over for the whole of the story. She really agrees to this. Like she had plenty of times to get out of it. Is it that she now realizes how bad it is? She definitely didn't know she was going to die. No, she is hypnotized. That collar, she doesn't take that collar off. She is taken over. She has no choice. But while she has the collar on, that's when she's trying to like come through. Yeah, but she's got the collar on pretty much the whole time. 
Not until so he speaks and that scene happens. Then there's a whole load of shit in between. Then she goes back and that's when she gets the collar. But she's done some pretty bad shit in between there. Well, yeah, because when people start being murdered, she's like trying to. Yeah. Um, she also she doesn't want Tremus to become the new keeper. No, because then, she's odd. Why did she want to... her husband that she married a scene prior? Because <laughs> <laughs> then he'll become an egghead. And but, but also, if he becomes it, yeah, like, surely she knew that. And like they say, like he's now going to be named. They all talk about it, so she mm. knew she was getting into. Maybe she didn't know it would be so imminent. Maybe, um, but then because... he knew the keeper was dying. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I feel. I feel sorry for Cassia. I don't think she's not really a villain, though, is she? I don't. She's taken over because Melka slash the Master's promise of getting Tremus out of that duty is what's spurring her on, isn't it? But is it? But I thought she was. Tr- I thought that she. Because even from the start, I thought, well, obviously you're going to want to be because you're following the bad guy here. So I thought that she was doing because her and the rock were going to form an alliance. I thought that she was doing it so they could still form an alliance or something. And she thought that like it was going to be them doing it, not realizing that she would probably die. Well, she did. No, well, she only jumps in to take over to be the keeper because she's hypnotized by the master who tells her to. And he's using her. Before she puts a collar on, there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I think, yeah, it's it's years and years of sort of slow manipulation. Of but she's not of, manipulated because he doesn't well, talk to her before that. No, but okay. No, but I think the fact that she has sort of almost become friends with this statue. She's bonded with it for he's, sure. He's, um, yeah, he's using that to sort of yeah. try and, you know. That bond that that they've had, yeah. But also, it is to slowly all... manipulate, and then by the time the collar comes on, anything. Goes. I get it from the collar. Yeah. I just like this that whole period before she gets her jewelry. Mm. That like she was choosing to do this. I don't equally though. Yeah, I thought the acting was really good, mm. despite her weird eyes. Um, it wasn't <laughs> annoying. No. And there was nothing like frustrating about her. Sometimes those sorts of characters, when they're really wet like that, I'm like, oh, I'm get a grip or like, and there wasn't. I couldn't answer a lot of like, as you've just tried to do yourself, I can't answer a lot of the things that have gone on. No. I didn't find her annoying. I thought her acting was really good throughout. Like, hmm. I could understand why everyone else would believe her. Let's put it that way. I've got a funny, funny thing that I saw on one of the extras where. The, the actress who plays Cassie was saying that when she had those eyes on, <laughs> at one point, everyone just left the studio and she didn't know. <laughs> 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 they just left. So, yeah. Well, all this Cassia stuff, it's actually all the Keeper's fault, really. If the Keeper was a bit more clear on what was going on, because if he had, when he like, at the end of that first episode, if he just says, yeah, the Doctor's here to help, I sent for him, instead of shouting evil and then just running off or zapping off if he just explained if he just said if he just said this is happening then none of this would and if he'd said cassia's been taken over it's the melka right there rather than we've been betrayed and then just pops off a lot of things could have been avoided in this story knew all this. that's why you went and got the dogs like again I <laughs> if it was like 
He's the worst you know, keeper. What is the point of this? Comes down to the source. What is the point of the source? <laughs> the source must be something. Maybe the source isn't allowed to say. Maybe he can see all this and knows all this. He can't change the path. I do, like he can't change it. Like he can see a bit of the future or something, but he can't do anything. He can't do anything to stop or change it. But then what's his point? Why is the source? Ah, oh, questions. <laughs> it's quite high concept, this whole series, really, isn't it? There's a it's lot a of... really high concept series yeah. where you just have to accept a lot of shit. And if you're really it... hard when you do a podcast where you break things down. <laughs> I'm not sure what was really changed. It was written originally without the master. That was like an added element. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, so maybe it would have been clearer in the original um, draft. I don't know, but they had quite a lot to uh, to sort of fit in at the behest of the new producer. I felt a lot of times I had to keep rewinding things over and over again because there was a lot of very fast techno babble. Yes, very quickly. Everyone's talking about waves and emissions and all this sort of stuff, and I'm, I don't know what it means. I don't, well, I've just learned <laughs> to just allow it to happen. Yeah, but, think, and that is, that's another criticism of this season for me. There's sometimes so, and I'm like, do I need to understand this? I don't know. Mm. I'm just going to let it wash over me. But I agree. It's a very think, um, techy season. Joe, you know, I understood it for the first time, I think. Ah. Well, only the bit where, they, where they're all talking about the, with the detector and stuff in like part one and two a lot. It's because... Well, the TARDIS disappears, doesn't it? So they're trying to find out and it's giving off some kind of signal. So that's what the Doctor and Adric are trying to work out. But the emitter thing is because, um, I think the Doctor says as well, they're trying to find the, the Doctor's TARDIS, but it's but the Melka is obviously giving off TARDIS emissions. So that's what they're detecting at the beginning, I think. Oh. If you see what I mean, because the Doctor says, because there's a line the Doctor says, he's like, oh, there's the... We're, the TARDIS is here, and he's like, oh, well, that's a different kind of emission than my TARDIS would make, and there's a little clue there, which I, I hadn't picked up on before. So that's what they're detecting. When Adric said about the other thing being the TARDIS, and that's why we picked it up, I was like, ah. Oh. So I, mm. I, that I clocked it later. Adric does a lot of te- technical stuff here, and he seems to know the TARDIS quite well already, When he's because he's left with Nyssa quite a bit, and they're in the TARDIS doing all their fixing and making stuff together i think for me it felt like between leaving e space and coming to end space there's been maybe a week or two i feel like there's been a some time and they've bonded and they've been working away and they make they knows they're making their way to gallifrey and mm. they're sort of doing that so i feel that like in that time he's probably learned a lot about how the tardis works but it feels like there's been some time together not just next one which sometimes is the case sometimes it's like they've literally just got off one and we're on to the next so do we all think this is a good story for Adric yeah yeah it gets loads to do I was yeah. I'm really, really fond of Adric in this me yeah. too yeah me too <laughs> no. he's there I, I just, I've just really missed having that companion hmm. that is us yeah. I really miss that. So for me, it's really refreshing to have that character back that really fills that gap. Yeah. Also, I was sort of anticipating a little bit of, um, I don't know, sarcasm or aggression or something like that from the fourth Doctor. 
but actually he was very supportive of him in a lot of very. aspects. Yeah. Um, and they were getting good. I do like, it's a, it's an odd sort of thing that Tom Baker does to sort of sh- shout random words. <laughs> like in those early TARDIS scenes, he'll just suddenly shout something. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he'll go, oh, and then he'll have a laugh and then he'll just walk away shouting, anyway, that's not what we're... But yeah, there's, there's a, always a little... I think he enjoys, him. and whether that stays, but I feel like he enjoys this new dynamic mm. where they're not on a level... But he's like the teacher because he ultimately he enjoys being the higher person. That's very evident. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. being top dog. And this sort of dynamic allows him to really be top dog. Yeah. I feel like the doctor and Tom Baker are less grumpy than he has been in the previous stories in this season. There is there is more of a a lightness actually about things. But still, the acting is brilliant, though. For me, this story just goes by really quickly. Like, it didn't seem... Like, it was just really... It's a really easy watch for me. I love watching this one. I like I like the characters. The other consoles are great characters, I feel. Oh, no, you see, I feel no? they're a bit wet. Yeah, but they're supposed to be, aren't they? Because you can't have them all sort of powerful in that in that gang. Um, it was it was the three that I mentioned at the start, and everyone else is very much side character in this. Well, there's the one that gets killed off, and then the other two are, are there at the end, aren't they? One um, gets killed outside the TARDIS, and one's killed right at the start. Like they're like a weird horror on his face. Oh, what's her name? No, she's still around. Oh, no, they don't all die, do they? Have I just completely forgot? Like, oh, no. he had horror. We don't have that here. Then... No, Couture, the, the, you know, the old lady one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's alive. Yeah. I, and, and I didn't even mean the guy. There was... Before, the we, all be, before we see a stone yeah. in the thing, there's definitely... Oh, you're talking about the um the people in the, what they call the um the Fosters that do the in the garden. I mean the the consuls. <laughs> Why can't I say that right? <laughs> um, the consuls. So there's the three, isn't there? There's the the first one that get well. He gets killed. Like Cassia sort of sets him up and he gets killed. And then there's yeah, there's the guy that ends up being the keeper right at the end, like the younger guy. And then there's the old lady one as well. I I quite like that. Apart from towards the end, the again the sort of wind acting where they're just sort of shuffling around together. That's the worst part of it. All of that storm wind acting where oh no, it just and and Adric trying to like crawl across the floor. The it's just really really bad. I thought he did a good job at that. This is probably the most convincing to be honest. Yeah, someone has turned a fan on. That's like it's not a big fan, oh, yeah, but a, a very fan weak of. fan. Not really, not much. No, not you can much. sort of see his hair slightly blowing. <laughs> no, they've they've got to put the effort in. They've got to put the acting in for that. And I just don't think, yeah, they needed a bigger fan in the studio to actually make it a bit more. Guy that becomes the master. What's his name? Tremus. Tremus. His blowing acting was really good. I'll get like he like full and blew and like moved away and was on the floor in a perfect position for the camera. And the doctor was just in front. I was like, you did some really swoopy, good, yeah, blowy yeah. away action. Yeah, I think he probably get, he is the best, yeah. Do you think um, something like that would have been part of like the audition? Like, okay, so now you're going to be blowing. Can you like walk really slow? The the director purposefully kind of picked um, a load of character actors for those parts to sort of mm. make them bolster them up a bit. And I think that's one thing that makes it look slightly dated now that sort of style of acting however that yeah. is the theatrical sort of stage stage presence kind of acting isn't it 
And so they will have done that a thousand times, pretended to be, you know, yeah. working against the wind and things like that. They'll be like, yeah. I but think that's, that's quite clear, actually. They are very yeah. much... Because we'll have all come from They're the not stage. TV actors, they're theatrical mm. actors. And all that. those characters are quite set. When they're all sat there talking, like, very nicely, those characters are actually very defined. Well, you could be watching, like, a Shakespeare thing, you know, with Cassia going around being, like, I don't know, Lady Macbeth or something like that. It, it just feel like... Definitely doing her best Lady Macbeth at that. Like, with, with the look as well, the style, like we had with State of Decay, with everyone having their makeup on, she's got her sort of... Shakespearean makeup and just the way that everybody looks, it is very much like that. But that's part of that world that Traken is. So I don't. And her eye makeup. Oh, well, should we do a clothes watch? I mean, we're just going into clothes watch. I mean, we've done sort of keeper clothes watch, haven't we? Any other. I mean, Adric's still in his in his uh, costume. Adric hasn't changed yet. Hasn't the doctor shown him the pajamas. wardrobe yet? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know why that has happened. There's a whole room, love. Bless him. Maybe Romana took it with her. Oh, and when they go to Tremus's for breakfast, did you notice it's like aubergines and vegetables for breakfast on Traken, which is probably not very nice. And there's always that, and it just stays on the table. There's so many scenes where, they, whenever they're in and out, someone's just left this veg. There were plates and stuff to begin with, but the plates disappear halfway through. I kept looking at this table every time we went back to his house, and this aubergine is just there the whole time. <laughs> and they're always moving it out the way. Oh, is there any um, aubergine on the floor at the end, all scattered around? Or it's just always just always slipping on a bit of lettuce and stuff. It's just all on the floor. Uh, I'm sorry, all, all on the table there, um, and they're always moving around. Someone's always got the aubergine. If you know it, <laughs> and that was like a cast joke. I don't know, but it's just—I mean, it's not the nicest breakfast there. I wouldn't go there for breakfast. I don't know what they had at um, Cassie and Tremus's wedding reception. I didn't really see any food there. There was oh, some, I think. Did they have anything? Do they have drinks or something? Yeah, they, they definitely had drinks. Are there any it... animals on that planet? Did we? Did we see any? We didn't or was see it, any. Was it just no. vegetation for food? Hmm. Yeah. No. Um... Yeah, I think they're vegetarians, I think. He does say Melka is means literally flying fly caught in honey, doesn't he? So they must have flies. Mm. And honey. They must have bees. So yeah. <laughs> Truck and honey. That might be quite nice. <laughs> we'll serve it at the Doskers. Yes, yeah, I'll make a note of that. Just thinking about that wedding scene, um that music in the background. I used to have when I was younger, I used to have a vinyl of the soundtrack of some of some of Doctor Who. I think it came out in the eighties, like eighty three or four or something. And it was mainly music from that era. So there was like a, a bit of old school, you know, radiophonic workshop sort of thing right at the start. And then it was all this sort of thing. So you had Nissa's theme, you had all that wedding music. So that has been <laughs> song, it was a bit disappointing actually when I put it on. I was like, oh, this is a bit eh. You know, little sort of 80s synthesizer. I, lo- I love that music. I think it's brilliant. But yeah, when I heard it, I thought, oh, of course it's this. And I was, it was all still there. I was still <laughs> singing along with it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the wedding was a bit underwhelming. I know it's a scene, mm. but they weren't dressed for it or anything. Well, they have the wedding, then they then the murders start and everything. So it does all sort of happen in the same day. Maybe that is all of their wedding outfits, and they've just spent the whole oh, story in it. <laughs> oh my gosh, 
Maybe also, that's what I'm it not is. expecting a white dress. I'm not saying that, but I think I expected something a bit more weddingy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a headpiece, or so, like other than like I don't know something to indicate of her being a bride. Well, then it's straight back into work, isn't it? It's literally straight into work. And then they don't really talk to each other for the rest of the... Like, Trimus does not care about Cassia that much at all. <laughs> That's it. And Cassia no. betrays him within She's more upset about not seeing her rock anymore. That's definitely an arranged marriage. Because <laughs> he's got a daughter from something else. What happened to that woman? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who's the mother of that child? Because it ain't I... Cassia. No, there's... Well, there's a story there. He was married... She died hmm. happily because everyone dies that's, happily. I think that's what's implied, yeah. Yeah. And because she's one of the consoles, she's chosen and they're married they're, to remarry. There's no love here. This is definitely an arranged marriage. They never see each other again. But, and it seems like a bit of an age difference as well. Yeah. I guess, doesn't it? Yeah. With his grey hair and beard. And, yeah. And then he's going to be a keeper anyway. Like they all talk about mm. it, like, oh, he'll officially now become the keeper. I don't just, and like, so she's like, oh, well, he's going to be stuck in a box anyway. I mean, that's why she agreed. She's like, well, he's going to be in there soon anyway. I'm just going on with my life. I don't think any other Doctor Who story has brought up so many questions for us ever so far, which is quite a surprise, actually. <laughs> and I didn't think it would be this one at all. I didn't think it would be this. Equally, uh, despite all that, I did enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I hope so, because you've well, you've got got a lot of questions. So I did enjoy it. Like I enjoyed the premise. I really enjoyed the fact the master came back and all that. Yeah, episode four for me was the best. It moved. I liked as well knowing from the start kind of what they were trying to achieve. Like that, the whole setup at the start really helped. We haven't just got a whole one episode that's wasted them working out everything. We know from the start, the Keeper is dying. These three people are involved in some evil. And we see a scene that sets it up. And I'm like, okay, we can hit the ground running. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a major fan favourite. It's, well, it's up there, but it's not way up there. It's well known because of the reintroduction of the Master. But yeah, yeah that's, without that, I'm not sure how it would be seen, really. So did, did it meet your expectations of what you'd heard from sort of fan wisdom oh um yeah i actually i enjoyed it more than i thought i would because i think i'd had the idea that it was a bit of a i don't know a bit of a plodder just until around, the end around more interesting things yeah but no I, I enjoyed it i mean i see what people are getting at is i was thinking it's parts of it do look a bit kind of beige and a bit the the uh, you know the dialogue is a little yeah if a little it wasn't st- the return of the master those, but, I think it'd be a six out of 10 for me. Okay. But because yeah. of everything that happens, when we discovered that and all that happens towards the end, it's probably like a seven or eight out of 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, so Nick, what is your f- favourite Fourth Doctor story that you've seen? Just to give us an idea of what. Oh, it's one you that you like. haven't got to yet. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. no. Out of, sorry, out of this season or just generally? Well, just. Generally, what oh, are your okay. sort of favourite stories up until this point? That's a hard question. It's, he's been this dog oh, just for years. <laughs> well, okay, well, uh, you want oh, okay. to choose from like right, seven or eight years of this guy? Okay, well, third Doctor story then. <laughs> <laughs> third Doctor is probably the one that I've seen the least, really. 
Oh, okay. I know you, you are you a fan of the unit stuff? That sort of era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like it. It never, it never really appealed to me in the old oh. days. And I would, most of the things that I saw initially sort of came after this sort of period, to be honest. Okay. Um, it's or not very so early, much so that era. I preferred all the master stuff and the unit stuff. Yeah. That's much more interesting. The whole, mm. that whole season with mm. the master is way more interesting than the unit stuff. When I think of the third doctor, that's why I think I'm so excited to see the beginnings of it appearing like the master is back. That's what, I don't know if he is. I don't know if we're just going to have him disappear again now for 10 years, but it feels like this is the start of the master being back. It's so difficult not to talk about stuff without spoilers. <laughs> That's um, one of my favourite things about this podcast is being able to read your mind, Mark, <laughs> when, <laughs> and know when you're deliberately not saying something. <laughs> It's really hey, people, people, that's people's favourite bit Me yeah. not knowing anything <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just really enjoy this one It's an it's an easy watcher I put, Well, it was until we had all these questions <laughs> Which are now going to be in my head Every time we watch it <laughs> Maybe you can answer it Maybe someone can answer it for me I'm sure people people get in touch And answer all these big questions What happens on Traken? What is the source for? Why does it exist? <laughs> Mark, if you could just list them all for everyone yeah. when this Who is, is the keeper? What were all the Sarah's? <laughs> Who is the keeper? What does he actually do? <laughs> yes. What is his point? <laughs> were there, well, were there any other sort of moments that stood out for anyone? Or have we sort of, I suppose we sort of covered up quite a lot of it. I liked seeing the Master's TARDIS. That was the only other thing. It was a bit, uh, yeah, you do see the, the black roundel wall, yeah. don't you? But is that his scanner, the the eyes, the two? Well, the two screens. Yeah. But then also in the background of that, you see the clock. That is weird, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't think much of his TARDIS. His it, it seemed a bit cramped, didn't it? Yeah, his room of doom. Like, mm. It's like. a little bit silly when the Doctor jumps through the, the paper and it does that. Where is he going? I feel like that's a bit like, oh, they filmed it, him jumping through, and then they're like, oh, we need to make this not look like paper, so let's just put a glass sound over the top. I think that's... What else can you do, really? I get that there's a fire. I thought he'd try and open a door. Like, it's almost like it's so out of character for him to try to just jump through a, a window. Well, yeah. Surely he tried. I've never. He's never done any. He's not third Doctor action hero. He's never done anything before like that. It's really um, random. I think they're like right. He needs to get off this set. He needs to escape somehow. But we've only got literally like some fire and a and a wall in the background. How do you you know? How do you show him escaping? And you can't have him like jumping out of the Melkor or something. You know, from the outside. That would look weird. I think. So, like, what else do you do? But it did wrap up quite quickly at the end, and then suddenly they're off, and it's all. Do you know what? Yeah, it pretty much all wrapped quickly. up in the last five minutes mm-hmm. because I, I I stopped to do the last like I think it was about seven or eight minutes. I was, I was hoping for ten, and I'd just gone a bit further. I was like, I'll wait, and and it was literally in the last five minutes. Everything wrapped up. Yeah, it was so soon after Adric puts those last digits in. Yeah, three three seven, and then it's like, <laughs> okay, right, well, we better be going. We're going to Gallifrey. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, how could Adric not get that seven? That's what I did. Another thing. I know he's blown, but like, well, he's, he's just so trying to reach. To Seven's right at the bottom, though. He was nearer to seven than three. But yeah, it wraps up, and then you, yeah, you see the tar- um, the master bit, which we've talked about, and then um, Nissa walks through, and she's like, "What's going on?" And then phew, that's the end, which is 
a bit of a sad ending. Well, Sarah, I will tell you the name of the next story. It's four episodes, and it's called Logopolis. Logopolis. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but that sort of reminded me of them being, I don't know, like, one short day in the Emerald City. <laughs> reminded me of. Green, but I don't think that'll be the case. I think it'll be a city or the planet. I think there'll be some future futuristic clothing. Well, we will we will find out. And I think I think the master will be there. I think this okay. is the beginning. I don't know how long for, but I think this is. It felt like the master was going to be around for a little bit. That's how it feels, anyway. I, that is a complete wild guess. Well, um, we better head off because I think the source is dying over there. No, and we we don't want to get caught up in the in the storm. We're doing some slow wind acting. No, no, we don't. We want to avoid that. Um, get me raincoat on. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Before you head out into the grove. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Nick, for joining us. No, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank it's been you, great. Nick. I don't know what I really added to that. I had as many questions as Sarah did. But <laughs> we, we just all had questions. That's fine. Yeah. We all just shared our questions. No, that's great. Yeah. And it's it's a good excuse to to catch up on a few of these stories that I'm not, not so familiar with. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Really yeah. nice to uh, spend time with you. It's been great. And uh, where can people find your podcast? Oh, you can find us, Anton Nick Press Play, on all good uh, podcast players. Uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at Ant Nick Press Play. So there's right. a bit of crime traveller, <laughs> a bit of crime traveller stuff, but a lot of... Uh, Doctor Who stuff as well. I sort of flip between. <laughs> nice. Oh so, yeah. I think. Well, I think. Yeah, a lot of uh, Doctor Who fans would appreciate Crime Traveler as well if they if they don't already. Where so can you watch Crime Traveler? You can watch it on YouTube. Ah, okay. It's, um, yeah, it's never been. It's been released on DVD a few times, but it's never been uh, repeated and it's never been streamed mm. officially. So yeah, YouTube, YouTube or, or eBay DVD box set. And we will get the last episode of Crime Traveller out as soon as as soon as we can, hopefully. <laughs> I was going to ask that. I know I it's like, been a long time coming. Episode? It's been a long time coming, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's very it's a very good one. Been listening to the edit of it, and it's it's yeah, quite pleased with it. So yes, stay tuned for that. Great, um, and. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2WatchWho and you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash 2WatchWho. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 2WatchWho.